Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. I'm Pastor Kamisha, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, Layla, can you open us up in prayer, please? Yes. Lord, we just thank you for today, Lord, and for your word that you have given us, Lord, to keep before our eyes and to meditate on, Lord, that causes us to grow and to mature in you, God. And I thank you for our listeners and the blessings that you're pouring out on them, Lord, and those that are participating in this morning Bible study, God. I ask that you will continue to guide us, Lord, and to minister to each one their needs, Lord, as they need it, God, and just cause them to look up to you, Lord, and to run after you and desire you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to our morning Bible study as we continue in the book of Romans. We're in chapter 5. And today, we're going to be bold in the Lord, or ambitious, and work on covering uh, verses 12 through the end of the chapter. So, can I get a volunteer to read, starting in verse 12? I will. All right, LaCharles. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded so many, too many. And the gift is not like that which come through the ones who sin. For the judgment which came from the one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the, through the one, much more those who received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous, righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification, justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but through which but... Where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So I want to open the floor up to each of you to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you. And of course, to ask any questions that you have. All right. So, who would like to begin? Okay, I'll begin. 
everyone, verse 15, interesting where it says, the, but the free gift is not like the offense. Um, it just reminded me of the Lord and how many people, and including myself, we tend to think about ourselves and, oh man, I want to go do this right now in the moment, but we have we don't consider its effect on others when doing it. An example of this is if I don't do a good job of my chores or if I don't wipe my feet off, then I go upstairs and I have my shoes on. It inoptibly, <laughs> I don't do that as an example. Hmm. You guys can't see the eyes I just gave him, the face I made when he said that. It so. is an example, but if I'm not considering about how my effect, my actions will affect others, I will invertibly make their area dirty because my shoes have mud on them and they'll have to do it again. And that angers anybody, I think. Many people. Mm-hmm. And the Lord is showing me that here, uh, he's <laughs> saying that grace is not like that. He took it, he used grace, and he accounted for everything that would be required for it. Jesus didn't go through life thinking, oh man, I forgot that. Lord, do I have to do that part? <laughs> he went through it thoroughly and did in completion and he's paul is also saying that while he did that we should he's also saying that we had to do that as well not just looking at our natural selves and only wanting to do what we want to do in the moment i'm glad that ministered to you in that way that when god does things he does it in its entirety right and in excellence not leaving one part unfinished and going, oh, that doesn't matter. That too, Lord? I'm, I'm glad that spoke to your heart, son. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Well, you know, when, when we, so many people I hear, and I guess even myself, um, I, I guess maybe even still, but mostly in my past, we look at God's direction for us. Let's not even say God's laws or the Ten Commandments, but just God's direction in our lives as being prohibitive mm-hmm. instead of being protective, right? And for mm-hmm. our betterment. Mm-hmm. So, Charles, let's take what you said. Let's just say that you did walk in the house, and the rule of the house is I take my shoes off when I enter the house. And you didn't. And you walked up the stairs, and you got dirt, mud, whatever it is on the carpet. Settle down, Kamisha. I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> I'm not encouraging him. <laughs> She's having a hard time staying in her chair right now. I wish everybody could see. <laughs> so, but, but you did it. Right. Regardless, um, the the negative consequence of that is that um, you have to clean it up. Somebody has to clean it up. It doesn't matter who in this example. Somebody has to clean it up. So extra effort. So more effort has to be expended to do it wrong and to fix what you did wrong than just to do it right to begin with. And then you can go deeper, right? So, like, you had to use the vacuum cleaner more. So the vacuum cleaner wore out sooner. You had to damage the carpet. So the carpet wore out sooner. It just goes on and on and on. And we don't understand, but we don't have to. What we have to do is trust God. It says, being obedient to you in this moment and what you've directed me to do, either through your word or through the commandments or through the unction of the Holy Spirit in me, is actually going to be not only for my betterment, but for everyone else. Mm-hmm. And it'll save you from consequences that you didn't even know were there. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Jim. No, no, no. I was just thinking that. No, it's okay. Go ahead, Kamisha. No, you got... Tell us, I want to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Um, I was going to say uh, that when when it comes to sins, it come, there comes consequences. Um, so whenever um, Adam 
or gave birth to sin into the world, um, he he uh, caused eternal death, or he caused death or to be born into um, his descendants. And so, as we are we're talking about that, um, we are automatically born into sin, but our God gives us the new life to live in Christ. And so um, I was going to say, we oftentimes we get selfish and we want to take control of our will, but God is always in control of our will. Mm -hmm. Um, And his timing is always perfect and it's made beautiful. And when we take control of God's or try to take control of our will, um, of God's life that he has for us, um, we live with the consequences of that. And, but God, but God already knows, um, the beginning and the end of what you're going to do or when you're going to do it. Um, and when it comes to his timing on the thing, the blessings that he's giving you, um, it'll be perfect. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. amen. And you know, in God's timing, he allows for equipping I think I've, we've spoken about this before, that one of the reasons that the enemy wants people to rush ahead of God is so that they'll get to a position and be unprepared, and then he can swoop in and capture them. God has already told us in uh, 1 Corinthians that with every temptation, or you could call it a, every situation that we face, he's provided a way of escape. He's provided a way for us to rule over it and to triumph. Christ always leads us in triumph and processional, but that's not by leaving us ill-prepared. Mm-hmm. It's by equipping us and teaching us and preparing us how to do the job that he's tasked us with. And he knows all the things that are in our destiny that we'll face. He knows exactly what hole in the ground the enemy is going to pop out and try to scare you. You know, he knows what mm-hmm what moment the little pendulum's going to try to st- swing across and get you. Mm-hmm. And if we walk with him, we will be prepared when we get to it and we'll know who we are in Christ and we can speak to the wind and the waves in the name of Jesus. And we'll know how to handle those things versus the enemy's plan is to try to sweep us and wipe us off the map. So the, the tree in the center of the garden, God said, don't eat from it, mm-hmm. but there's no di- indication of what he actually had planned for it. So, there was no need for Adam to jump ahead of God and go snatch this fruit for himself. There was no reason for Eve or woman, as she was originally called, to jump ahead and go take this for themselves, mm-hmm. assuming that God wouldn't give it to them or that he's trying to keep them from something mm-hmm. that they needed and it's for their good to have this. Who knows what God intended and his purpose was, but whatever it was, he wanted them to be equipped Mm-hmm. to handle what was coming, what was on the other side of those things and to handle and to rule because he had already given them dominion, right? He had already prepared them. So keep in mind, there may be things that he's just like, wait a later time for this. Some things he will say no, but it it's absolutely for your good because what is in encompassed in whatever he's telling you no to is more than you can handle, more than you want to handle. Mm-hmm. and the avoidance of that brings joy to your life, not emptiness, not lack. It's like, whoosh, thank you, God. I'm so glad I missed that one, you know. Um, go ahead, Jolene. Do you have anything else you wanted to say? Um, I was going to say, for example, um, with Abraham and um, Sarah, 
how Sarah was, um, her womb was closed and she couldn't um, birth any children and she was at an old age. Um, so she took it upon herself to uh, want to take control of um, God's will, <laughs> of take control of her life. And so she gave um, her Egyptian <clears throat> slave, it, it was, and to Abraham mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that she basically opened the door to consequences that are that she tried to take control of God's will but God was like no um that's not what I said <laughs> that's not what I said uh -huh. I did promise you um that I'm going to or give you or you're gonna or you're gonna bear uh children but not right now not right now and but eventually God he he uh, opened um Sarah's womb and she birthed uh children and so mm -hmm. um that's all i had to say <laughs> to mention that. amen and that that's one oh. of those things that we're still living with today mm -hmm. the consequence that she said well i'll put my hands on it i'll shh, god i know what you meant i'll take care of this for you well it's just it's such a good example of the depravity of our minds especially when we begin to conceive sin mm -hmm. so i mean what woman i mean just i mean obviously it's happened but what woman would willingly and knowingly offer up her husband to another woman why but yet she was and it was so interesting she, she was so excited so desirous of the plans that god had she was willing to commit this egregious sin upon her own self that they come back upon herself in in it and so once we start considering sin Man, our minds just get all messed up and do all kinds of crazy things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and st she should have just believed God, right? <laughs> and and I'm not saying this in a judgmental way, but as we look at things, we have to understand how does sin have an opportunity to get in? How does it have a chance? Because if, unless we open the door, mm -hmm. it has no power. It has no opportunity to reach into our lives and do things. And I see you, Dean, pointing at your mind. But... <laughs> When, when the promise came forth to Sarah, she had a choice. I'm going to believe you, God, and I'll believe you all the way, and I'll let you do this. Or I'll take the idea that you're talking about, God, but I'm going to do it my way because I don't want to wait. Mm -hmm. I don't trust that you're able to do this. But we see in, I believe it's Hebrews, when they recount, and Romans, when they talk about her again when she finally did bring forth Isaac, mm -hmm. they said that she counted him who promised faithful. So at some point, she went from thinking God was incapable of doing such a thing to sizing him up and measuring, okay, God, if you said you're going to do it, you got the whole kit and caboodle. All you need me to do is trust you and make myself available to you. Because you remember when the, the Lord came to Abraham when, when he was on his way to Sodom and Gomorrah and she was standing in the tent door eavesdropping. Mm -hmm. when, when he said, about this time next year, your wife will bring forth a son, she mocked. She laughed. She laughed. <laughs> yeah. she laughed yes. You know, but it was a mocking laugh. It wasn't a laugh of, mm -hmm. yay, God, hallelujah. And I'm laughing with the joy of the Lord. She was mocking God. And then when he called her out in her, with her laughter, when he said, why are you laughing? She lied. She's still in that sinful thought, thought process. You're going to lie to the most high God about what you just did. <laughs> As, like right? you didn't already know? <laughs> You know, like, okay, think, try that one again. And she, in that moment, as she mocked, and then the God corrected her, mm. she came to herself and was like, wow, 
that that's pretty far. <laughs> I'm going to look God in his eyeball and tell him he's a liar. I didn't do what he said I just did. Not he didn't just know it in his omnipotence and that's good enough. But he was looking at her, could hear the sound of her voice. And she told him he was wrong. So I'm sure that was like, oh, I'm sorry. Let me get myself together, which is which is good. We appreciate that. We love that she was able to turn her mind from this doubtful perspective and go, God, if you said it, you can do it. You're able. And then you think about Abraham taking their son to sacrifice him. She had to be on board. You ask any mama, someone's taking her babies away to do something. They're going to have a fight on their hands. If they make it out alive. (laughs) Mama bear comes out. You know, there's stories of mothers lifting vehicles off their children to save them. So she allowed him to go. She had to allow this to happen. Sarah could count. She said, now I see you got some wood, just like Isaac totaled it up. You got wood. (laughs) I see the knife and you got, well, okay, uh, daddy, where's the, where's the offering? (laughs) Sarah could count as well. Mm. Right. So at some point she came to herself. She came to the mind of Christ that belonged to her. That was hers as a result of her relationship with the Lord and said, he's faithful. I count you worthy of my trust. I count you capable of doing what you said you would do. Almighty God. He is the Lord almighty. So thank God she came to herself. Yes, amen <laughs> to that. Thank God. Thank God. And, um, you know, we, we look at others examples, not so we can mock them or find fault, but so that we see ourselves and we see how we're approaching things and we can go, Oh, Okay, I see that. It's easier to look at someone else's life and perceive what things are happening and then look reflectively than it is to sometimes be aware of ourselves. So we appreciate our brothers and sisters in Christ that have gone before us and, and paved the way for us to be able to go, okay, Sarah, don't give your husband away. Check. <laughs> Check. Believe God. Check. You know, and we could grow as a result of the the obstacles that she overcame and there are other brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's why God wants us to be a community so we can look and learn from each other, not follow in pathways of sin, but to build on the righteousness on the, the accomplishments that the people that have gone before us have made. So we continue to move forward and grow in Christ versus every time we're just getting over the, the oracles of God, but let's move into the deeper things by their example. Did you have something you want to say, babe? I did. Mm-hmm. So we were going back and forth a lot here. One of the things that were that kept coming up was, of course, about the manifold wisdom of the Lord. And he always gives us instruction and in what we need before we even know we have need of it, mm-hmm. right? And what Paul is writing about here, and, and especially verses 12 through 14, he's pinpointing where sin came into the world. Mm-hmm. And he goes right... I mean, all the way back to Adam mm. in the garden. And you can really see that in line with what we've been discussing in Genesis 2. Um, I'll say verses 16 and 17, right? Where it says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree in the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree 
of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And it, on first glance, you can easily look at that and go, yeah, but that, how does sin enter the world through that? Well, James tells us very plainly. It's James 1.15, right? Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Mm-hmm. And you can go, well, but the Lord didn't explain all that. He didn't explain all that in exacting detail and right, have all this. Uh, how was Adam supposed to understand? Adam was given enough that he could understand. And, and we, we talk about rules and we talk about regulations and commandments and all these things to follow, right? He had one. Adam had one commandment. Just don't eat from this tree. So it's not about the amount of rules. and or the Well, if I had more <laughs> rules, I would understand more, so then I would be able to do better, right? No, no, no. He had one, one commandment, and he failed to follow that. And he also, let's, let's not forget, he walked with the Lord in the cool of the day. So the Lord was still teaching and, and talking to him and administering to him. And was he, what was the Lord going to teach him? The Lord's ways, the Lord's thoughts. He had this unique relationship with the Lord. And we all can have our own unique relationship with the Lord if we want it. But let's not forget the Lord's already given us what we need in order to act upon the things that he has for us to act upon, to do, to live out our lives as holy, as pleasing before the Lord. Will we do it? Mm-hmm. So, as you know, as I look at Romans, right, and here we are in verses 12 through 14 especially, right? Um, it's talking about because of this act, not following the one commandment that, he, that Adam had, that sin entered the world. Mm, and honey, can I say, I'm sorry. No, no, please. Go ahead. What was, was the sin eating the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? What was the sin? Going against the com- commandment of the Lord. Disobedience. God was the sin. <coughs> it wasn't about the fruit on the tree, per se. It wasn't about that, that tree at all itself. It was about this is what God said. If he said, don't look at the moon sunshine. <laughs> That doesn't even make sense. That doesn't even make sense. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> That's right. Don't look at the moon. Then if Adam had said, I'm going to look at the moon and behold it, that would have been the sin. So or, it's or really, Lot's wife, right? Don't turn around. It's about what did God tell him? Not about the object itself. Exactly. It's just about yeah. obedience. Mm-hmm. But that's a heart thing, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, Adam's heart was, he listened to his wife instead of the Lord. But he allowed himself to be um, to make a choice that was in opposition or in disobedience to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, but then, it, it, so, uh, and I love this because as Paul's writing, clearly he's, he's reflecting on this and studying it out. And he's saying, sin's not imputed where there's no law. So as a result, death reigned from Adam to Moses because it was through Moses that the people received the law, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, the Torah, the Pentateuch, first five books of the Bible, right? Um, 
those who had not sinned over uh, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him was to come. And we've talked about this before. Um, but if you keep reading in Genesis 2, right? Um, he had a very unique role. And you see that in verse 19. Out of the ground, God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. And in verse 20, Adam gave names to the cattle, to all cattle, to all birds of the air, to every beast of the field. But Adam didn't yet have a, a helpmate, right? There was not a helper comparable to him, suitable for his purpose to Adam, or her purpose to Adam, excuse me, right? Adam didn't have a mate, unlike all these other animals. So Paul is also discussing here, look, Adam was a type of, of the Lord, right? And, and I want to bring this up because it's important. Adam only knew the goodness of God. Only. Mm-hmm. Everything he ever needed was provided for him. He didn't have to work for it. It was gifted to him. Did he have to work in the grand scheme of life? Yes, His job was to tend and keep the garden. So in other words, to guard and govern over it. Mm -hmm. And guess what? We have that same command and that same thing, rule, for our lives. Mm -hmm. We have our lives and our households, and we're to guard and govern over them in accordance with what the Lord has given us. But again, Adam knew only the good of the Lord. Only, and God is only good. Amen. All right, let's, say, let's start with that. Amen. But he only knew the Lord's goodness. Everything he needed was provided. Everything he needed was already provided. He just had to tend and keep it. Do you not see the same thing with Jesus? Everything he needed was provided. Did he also learn skills? Did he also deliver? Yeah, he was trained as a carpenter. Right? Yes. He still worked, but he trusted the Lord with the same, I'll say fervency, if you will, that Adam had, that everything he ever needed was already provided for him, mm-hmm. even before he knew he had need of it. Mm-hmm. Right? And you can bring up the example with um, paying the tax. And he tells Peter, hey, uh, go, get, go catch a, a fish. And the first fish you catch is going to have the tax for you and for me. Of course, he heard from the Lord on that, but he also just trusted the Lord fully, completely in every area and aspect of his life. So it's not just Adam when born into this perfect place and everything just works out the way it's supposed to. Jesus did not come into a perfect world. He came into a sinful, corrupt world as a result of Adam's actions. And... Let's also look at how he lived as a pattern example for us. He just trusted the Lord fully as if he was in the garden with everything. Hmm. Right? Does that, does that make sense to people? Like, does This yeah. is huge. He trusted in a, in a non-perfect world, in a, in a world where hmm. at the time it was occupied. The people of Israel were occupied by the Romans. Mm-hmm. They were being taxed and persecuted and all these other things, right? Because the Romans were establishing rule and authority and 
over everybody. All right? So he came yeah. into this world where people were oppressed, they were downtrodden, they were poor, and they were beaten, all, and sin was, a, was abundant and, a, and abounding. But grace abounded more. Amen. Right? The Lord still lived out his life as he, if he was in the garden. Amen. He tended, he kept it, he um, guard exactly, enforced. He guarded and governed mm-hmm. the places and the areas that the, the Father sent him Mm-hmm. That, to do the work. Yeah, the territory God gave him. He mm-hmm. cast out demons. He healed people, right? He, right? It, so what's different for us? Nothing. Amen. Nothing. It's not different for us, with one exception. Jesus is the last Adam. And as was pointed out, and I appreciate this, this point, was it took more work. A greater price had to be paid because it had been messed up. Because sin was allowed to enter. Because dirt, if you will, was allowed to enter and corrupt what was already there. Someone had to clean up the mess. Mm-hmm. And that was Christ. Yes. That was Christ who gave himself up. All right? And we see the difference there. Adam was a type, but ultimately Adam was enticed by his own wants, desires, where Christ just gave himself up freely for everyone else. Mm -hmm. Which is why he's the firstborn of many brethren. He lived a pure and blameless life, which none of us have done or could do. Just him. Mm -hmm. But he is our pattern and example. So why do we approach life differently? I'm not saying it's always easy, but it comes down to just one thing, two things. Love for our Father, and because of that love, we choose to be obedient to Him. Mm-hmm. Any, any questions on that? What about the old song? Trust and obey, because there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Amen. Amen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think also understanding what like we were just talking about, it helps set up, it helps us understand greater, in greater detail, verses 15 through the end of the chapter. And I say that because he really starts, or he, Paul, in this writing, he he's really begins to make the difference between Adam and Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and again, he's building off of what he'd already started at, in verse 6, where he's setting up the, the explanation, if you will, so we can do what chapter 6 is about, right? identify with Christ. Mm. Glory to God. Amen. 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 But I'm guessing we're close to being out of time for today. We are. <laughs> yes. We are. And um, there's, a, there's a key part of 15 there that I can't wait to get into. Well, amen. Well, well let's, right. let's begin with that. Why don't you kick it off for the next one? Um, we'll pause there for today. And Dean, you kick it off with that thought on, on the next one. All right, brother? Sounds great. All right. <laughs> Can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer? It's me. It's okay. Yes, I'll pray. All right, Kamisha. Lord, we thank you. And we just, we worship you, Lord, because you are good. We worship you, Holy Spirit, because you are so faithful. And we just... Thank you for sharing your presence with us. Thank you for sharing the word of God with us and teaching us according to your good pleasure and revealing to us the mind and the heart of the Lord towards us. 
And we just honor you. We thank you. We bless you. We glorify you. And Lord, we can't get enough of you. We um, bless the listeners, God. We thank you for being their Messiah. We thank you for covering them, protecting them, keeping them as they go along their way, Lord God. We bless them with peace, long life, and goodness throughout their days, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 We love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.